0: This is what I'd like you to write down. You might have to think about it a little bit. Some of you will just go right to the writing, I know. What is the greatest crisis in your life right now? Let me put it different ways, so some of you are not in a crisis situation. What is the biggest decision you have to make that's right in front of you? What is the toughest thing you're going through right now? It can, it can be one of, the, one of those things, but what's waiting you down right now? And I could throw out about, you know, a hundred different examples, uh, and there, there's a lot of them. You know what it is. Write it down. I'm not asking you to be spiritual about it. I'm not asking you to write down what you're trusting God for or you're not trusting. If you're not trusting, it doesn't matter. I just want you to write down whatever that circumstance is or the tribulation is that you're facing right now. Some more. Anybody else need a pencil or pen or Crayola, lipstick, Sharpie? It might take some of you a while to write it all down. It might be uh, might be a lot of junk. When you're through, put your pencils down on your desk and look up. I see a lot of heads still down. It's okay. There might be some tears falling on the paper. That's okay, too. I'm talking about something gut-wrenching for some of you. Some of you walked in here this morning. You could barely stand up because of the weight. Some of you are facing some stuff that you don't think anybody else has ever faced. Some of you have decisions that you just, it's like flip a coin, okay? God heads, you know, this, this decision or that, this choice or that, flip a coin. It's that kind of deal I'm talking about this morning. What's going on in your life? Some of you are trusting God in the midst of it. Some of you might not be, right? Have you ever been in the midst of a tribulation and you didn't really trust God for it? be honest, you kind of figured it, you think you could work it out yourself, you could buy your way out of it, you could finagle your way out of it, you could manufacture your way out of it, hope it goes away, close your eyes, pull the covers over your head like I did when I was a kid, if I heard my dad had come with a belt, I'd just pull the covers over me, I figured if I couldn't see him, he couldn't see me, that didn't work out, John sixteen thirty three says this, these things, this is Jesus speaking, I have spoken to you, that in me, you may have what? Peace. In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, troubles, trials, crud, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world, da, 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 da. you know? He is talking to a bunch of guys, a ragtag bunch of guys that have been hanging out with him for three years, and they are just hearing this great story that he's going to leave them. He's going to, he's going to exit. And he's trying to impart to them, listen, I'm going to be gone, but, and there's going to be some troubles come along, but listen, you know me, you're in me, and I have overcome the world. Now, Let's look at the amplified version of that same verse. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Amen. Anybody? Can I get a witness? But be of good cheer. Now that be of good cheer means more than smile. God loves you. It means take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And listen, this is what he means when he says that I have deprived the world of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I think sometimes we misspeak from the pulpits that Satan's in control of the world. He is not in control. We give him way too much credit. But what he does is, if there's another scripture that would use that same terminology in different ways, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 Paul says, he, he talks about Satan and says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. That's the same terminology here as the world. Satan uses human beings, he uses the, the religious systems of the world, he uses governments of the world to, to get us off track and keep us from knowing our destiny in Christ and our purpose. Just like blowing up that GPS thing, you know, the satellite. He tries to distract us and get us off course of where God has planned for us, where God says, I've already conquered that, I've already destroyed the enemy. You know, the enemy's power has been destroyed. It was destroyed when? At the cross 2,000 years ago. And yet he still has his ways of getting in and getting his foot in the door and harassing us and oppressing us and distressing us, doesn't he? But God says, listen, if we're going to, in this world, we're going to have these tribulations. But he said, I want you to walk in this world in perfect peace. How many of you are walking in perfect peace this morning? Hmm. How many of you are are courageous today in the midst of your, in your trial, your tribulation, how many of you are confident, you're certain, you're undaunted, no matter what seems to be falling down around you, you're still going straight forward because you got your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. Yes. Now, let me give you another word. Tribulation. Let me tell you what it means in the Greek. And I, got, I want to get a plug-in for that book I've been, we've gotten. It's called... Uh, Sparkling gems from the Greek. You need to get that book. It is awesome. How many of you got it by, by now? How many of you got the book? You need to get the book. Get on Amazon. Get a used, worn out copy or something. Yeah. Some of it, That'll scare some of them because it's a really thick book. He's got a, a, a Bible study for every day. But what he does is dissects the Greek. You see, we don't have as good a word sometimes. Sparkling gems from the Greek from Rick Renner. You can get it on Amazon. I'm scaring people. Oh, no, no, no. It just takes what, you know, the words that we read every day in the Bible, and it goes and shows you what the the deeper meaning of that word. Let me tell you what that word when we say tribulation means. It causes one to feel stressed. Anybody stressed this morning? Wow, this guy, this side, y'all are in good shape. No stress over here, right? Oh, we got a few. Anybody stressed here? In this section, anybody over here? Okay, we got some people that are stressed. That's you're in tribulation. Squeezed. Anybody feel like you can't breathe in your situation? Pressured. Anybody feeling some pressure? Family, job, school? Crushed. That's the word tribulation. Trials. A distress, an affliction, a trouble. That has a level of intensity that is almost unbearable in the natural. That's what he's talking about. Now, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have all that. Ding dong, just right on time. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be courageous. I have overcome the world. Be undaunted. I have overcome the world. He has. That's the only way we can be courageous is in Christ. And you try courageous in your own flesh, it'll last for a little while. You can try to be at peace in your flesh and it'll last maybe a little while. But the only the peace that that God brings is the peace that passes understanding. That's the peace that says in the middle of whatever I'm facing, I can trust God and I choose to trust God. So how do we get to the place of trusting God totally? How do we find that peace? Mary Lou and I have worked in nursing homes for six years. We saw that very, just depicted the examples of that same thing over and over and over. We would see people that used to probably have this vibrant life. And then you would see them come in and maybe it was the one taking care of the other and would sit with them all day and would take take care of them and walk them down the hall and and, and, and I know many of you understand where this, where, what this is about because you've lived it. And you know what it's like. But in the midst of all that, she was honest. There were times when she wanted to give up, but she wouldn't. What did you hear her say in that video? What were some of the words that jumped off of the screen That you heard her speak. Did you choose a choice, commitment? What else? Trust. Getting back to the scriptures of what she knew was in her heart. She was not going to leave the basic foundation of her life. In the midst of all of this, she knew, even though as difficult as it was, that God was with her through it. Did you also hear her say, "I don't understand this"? Did you hear her say, "I don't"? Un- we we were in an active ministry, and all of a sudden, our active ministry is her ministering to her husband. Faith. You heard her speak of her faith, her her decisions, her choices. To stick with it. Did you also hear her say. That God used this. She didn't know when they ministered to people. Really what they were going through. She couldn't identify with some of the things. That people were going through. Until she went through this. And some of you. You don't know why. You're in the middle of what you're in. But I'm telling you this morning. If you are trusting God. He is telling you to continue. To stand and choose him. He is asking you to stand upon the promises that he's given you over and over and over again, even if you don't understand, even if you can't see God's hand in it. You see, that's what we call faith. And when our, when we have, when we talk about trust, trust is derived from what we put our faith in, who we put our faith in, and God is Trustworthy. Now, we ask all these questions, don't we? Why did you do this, God? Why did you do that? Why did you allow this? Why did you allow that? And yet God's saying, sometimes he said, I'm not going to even answer you. I've already told you. I'm, he said, I'm in control. You trust me in it. Some of you, you know, we talk very little about tithing, but God says, why are you, why are you expecting me to open the windows and pour out all these blessings? Because you're holding on to your stuff. And God says, let go of it so I can bless you. And some of us, we won't even let go of what you've written down on the paper this morning. You won't let go of it because you don't trust God to take care of it. You know what he's going to let you do? If you choose, he will let you hang on to it. He will let you go through whatever you're going to have to go through. Can he teach you as you hold on to it? Yes, he can. You can either do hard time or easy time. I've explained that to some of you before. When I was in the chaplain at the jail, I'd ask guys, what's the difference between hard time and easy time? I said, well, hard time is when you buck the system all the time. When you don't do what they ask you to do. When you're not obedient. And I said, well, well, what's the benefit of of the hard time? He said, it's not. That's why they call it a hard time. Easy time is when you obey them. You do what they say to do when they say to do it. And you don't fight. You're not always in conflict. And God would ask you today, are you doing a hard time in this situation in your life? Or are you letting God move in this situation? And listen, it does boil down to this thing called choice. It's called choosing to trust him. Now, I want us to look briefly at the scripture that, we, uh, that I've chosen for the day. It's in, in Deuteronomy 30. And I want to ask you to go back and read that whole chapter today. Go back and read Deuteronomy 30, read the whole and and read even before it or look in some Bible helps to get the context of what he was saying, because there's there's a context for for what he was speaking to the Israelites. But I want us to see it as it applies to us today. Okay. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. If you'll read the previous verses, he said this is not a mystery. It's not too hard for you to get. You know, we think of God's very mysterious, and He is. There's a lot of things that are mysterious about how God moves. His mysterious ways. You know, that's not in the Bible, that's in Godpost. <laughs> but things that there are mysteries, but God likes to reveal the mysteries to us. That salvation was a mystery. It's still a mystery to most of the Jews, and He revealed it to us, and He said, I'm showing it to you, and if y'all don't want to get it, I'll show it to the Gentiles. You reveal the mystery. He said in the previous verse, I don't know which one it was, but he said, listen, this is not too mysterious, not too hard. I, I've, I call heaven and earth as witnesses. That's very, that means this is important. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've, said, I've given you a choice. Isn't God gracious? He gives us a choice. Now, some of you, like me, when I'm trying to think through everything God's ever done from before creation, I'm thinking I wish he wouldn't have given me a choice. Right? Why did he give us a choice? It's like if you give your kid a choice, you want ice cream or broccoli? Most kids are going to choose ice cream. God loves us enough to give us a choice because he wants these choices that we make to be based upon our love and our affection toward him. That's why he gives us these choices. He said, I've set before you life and death. It's kind of a no-brainer, wouldn't you think? How I many of you rather prefer life over death? I like life. Did you know a lot of people choose death? You might be here today. You've chosen death. You may never have given your life to Christ. And the Bible says that you're dead in your transgressions. So you think you're living it up, but you're really dead. You're a dead man walking or a dead woman walking because you don't know life. But God said before, it's life and death. Death and life. He says you 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 get a choice, column A, column B. He's also said before, it's blessing and cursing. How many of you want the blessing? All right, let's get the other people who want the cursing. How many of you want to be blessed? Okay, wake up. God set that before you. He said it's your choice. Think about that. It's your choice if you want to be blessed or cursed. Hmm. I'm not talking about cussing, (laughs) okay? We're not talking about cussing. We're talking about the blessings of God versus the curses that we choose or choose not. It's pretty simple, pretty simple stuff. And then he goes on and gives us just a little bit of a hint at what he thinks we should choose. Therefore, choose. Oh, wow. Therefore, choose life. God wants you to choose life. He's not going to make you, but he's giving you a good. Listen, if you had a lottery ticket, you went and you had one of those things to fill out. And and I don't exactly know how they are, of course. uh, But somebody came to you, said, I know the numbers and you could win the lottery if you'd get to choose these numbers. How many you would choose those numbers? Come on, all you spiritual But I'm not going to do that. Uh, God says, I've got the, the right choices for you to make. You want to choose them? Here they are. He lays it out before us. Choose life. Don't choose death. Death is bad. Life is good. And then he gives another, he gives something to go along that, that both you and your descendants may live. See, he was given this choice to Israel. This is a prophetic, chapter in the bible very prophetic chapter some people believe that it applies to the the coming things within back before even the the dark the the time span between uh uh, when the prophets all died out and then jesus came but others believe that this prophecy is still yet to be revealed some believe it part of it took place in 1948 when all the the jews got their land back but others believe that it hasn't happened yet because the jews still as a whole have not chosen christ And that day is going to come. Okay? So there are different ways to look at this uh, chapter 30 of Deuteronomy. So that's why I said let's look at it for us today. Let's see what God's trying to show us. And if you want to choose, I would suggest choose what Moses suggested to the Israelites. Choose what God told Moses to tell the Israelites. Choose life. He pled with them. Choose life. He, he, He screamed it out. Choose life. Don't choose death. The most important, single most important decision anybody will ever make in this life is the choice of Jesus or not. It's the most important choice you'll ever make. If you walked in today and you've never chosen Jesus Christ, then you're dead. If you choose him today, you become alive. Duh. (laughs) Isn't that pretty simple? If we can trust Jesus with our eternal destination, how many of you have chosen Jesus? Let me let me, ask, let me check, say this to you, because I wrote this down in blue. If we can trust Jesus with our eternal destination, shouldn't we also be able to trust Him with whatever, whatever we wrote down on that piece of paper? Our trials, our tribulations, the things that overwhelm us, the things that weight us down. Not amazing. We'll trust God. We will trust that Jesus, because we have put our faith and our hope in Him, is gonna, when we die, that we step into eternity, we step into the presence of the Lord. We, we trust Him with our very soul. we, we with our, with our, Our whole being, we trust God because we put our faith and trust in something that happened 2,000 years ago. That because we have said yes to Jesus, that one day we'll stand in front of him and he's going to say, Welcome home, thou good and faithful servant. We've trusted him with the most precious thing that we could ever trust him with. But yet we won't trust him with a little thing that we think is huge. We won't trust him with our children. We won't trust him with our marriage. We won't trust him with our finances. Oh, but God, I know I'm trusting you for my salvation. We won't trust him in the midst of conflict in between us and somebody else where we have to go and ask him to forgive us. Oh, Lord, I can't trust you to do that. I can't trust you to help me through this situation, God. but I trust you for my salvation. You see what I'm trying to get at here? You said I've given him my life. I lay it down to him. I surrender except for that thing. And I'm not saying all of you are not trusting God in that thing that you wrote down. But some of you aren't. You know how I know you're not trusting God? Because you're worried about it. You're fretting about it. You're losing sleep over it. Your stomach's churning. You might have a bleeding ulcer over it. And you haven't trusted God with that thing. Oh, but I trust him for my salvation. Listen, guys. He wants you to trust him all the way, not just part of the way. Well, I would trust him if I'd have seen him come through for me before, but he's really not coming through, but I still trust him for my salvation. I know when I die, I'm standing before him saved. Is this getting to you? This Is making sense to you this morning? Because some of you are, are, are word sick over that thing that's in front of you, and you think God cannot take care of that. Look at the rest of that verse that you may love the Lord, your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give them. God said, I've got some land. I've got a destination for you. But here's the key. I want you all to get this. Then we're going to close. Wow, man. I thought we were way early. Sorry. Are you okay with the time? Anybody need to go potty? Okay, let's check. Anybody just starving? Well, this is the word we're feeding on, baby. Here's the part we don't like to get involved in so much. You know, we talked about our purpose, our vision, and all that stuff. Loving God, loving people. And we went into all about how we're supposed to love God. Put Him first. Loving God means that we're willing to obey Him. Got a few amens there. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him. Did you know in the Greek, when talk, He talks about being saved, that word saved means cling to trust in hope hope in in other words when we're saved, we're we're trust we're clinging to god we're attached to him you know so he says here if you'll obey his voice if you're if you'll cling to him then he's gonna he's, he's your life he's the length of your days and you're gonna dwell in the land and listen the land that god has for you is the land of back in john 16 he says the land of peace that's where i want to dwell In the midst of the conflict, I want to dwell in the land of peace. Because I know God is taking care of me. God's in control, not the enemy. That's why when you read Romans 8, 28, you can make this, you can have some understanding of it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You remember, that's what she said. I know I don't understand it, but I know God's working in this. Would you stand? Get your piece of paper out. Whatever you wrote down, get it out.